0: The Journey, a 16-week odyssey of grit, determination, endurance, and will, where the weak are exposed and the strong revered From Believe Entertainment, this is Falcon's Flight, insights and analysis on your Atlanta Falcons. Now, here's Robert Taylor and your host, Brian Giffen. And we welcome you in to Falcon's Flight, the first ever installment of Falcon's Flight. I am Brian Giffen. I'm joined by Robert Taylor. And we thank the Believe Entertainment folks for giving us this opportunity. And this show will be all about Atlanta Falcons football. And we will focus on football itself. Kicking, blocking, tackling, passing, running, stunts, blitzes, you have it. We're not going to focus on anything else. But as we sit here a week into camp or so, it is deemed a scrimmage-heavy camp. No preseason games will be played. For one, Robert, it's good to have you here. And for two, it's going to be hard for fringe guys to make the team. We'll get into all this a little bit more. But let's introduce ourselves a little bit. Obviously, I've kind of been in the broadcast world, more radio for a long time. Between executive producer roles with the Atlanta Braves and Minnesota Twins, Also covered the NFL for a number of years, the Indianapolis Colts, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then worked for, have worked for, the Titans, Panthers, Chiefs, Browns, on and on, a handful of different radio networks, so been around the NFL a long time. Also have been a broadcast voice of Kennesaw State football prior to that, Butler University football, and have been a baseball announcer for a long time. So this isn't anything new, really, to either of us. It's newer to you as you've spent the last several years covering Kennesaw State, and you and I had a successful podcast venture prior to this one. Good to have you here for this
1: one. I gotta say, after listening to that impressive resume, I'm just happy to be here, (laughs) and I want to thank the folks at Believe and you for giving me this opportunity, but like you said, sports as a young man in another life, basketball, baseball, football, soccer, most recently chef, GM, but more importantly, a lifelong Atlanta resident and Atlanta sports fan, so I'm really excited to be on board with this project and, and see where we can take it and I'm on a mission, Brian. I'm on a mission to kind of change the culture of Atlanta sports because I think it's something that we talked about on our previous podcast, and I'm just really excited to be here and have been chomping at the bit, and I'm so excited that we're getting this first one out of the gates.
0: Well, there are a lot of question marks surrounding this team, and I think one of the things that stands out fan base-wise around here, and I get some of this from listening to some of the talk that's out there. I'm not going to say what sources, but you guys probably can figure it out. There's a lot more optimism in some circles than I might necessarily have, and my whole philosophy on these things coming into a season is when you're coming off a losing season, regardless of how you got there and you had significant weaknesses on your team, yeah, optimism is a great thing, and being cautiously optimistic is a great thing, but being realistic I think matters more, and until it's proven on the field... Those question marks will remain. They have to answer those between the lines.
1: Yeah, I would think over the years, you know, with Dan Quinn coming in, you got Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and these guys, they haven't quite met expectations, but they have shuffled around some coaches here and there. And I think the window could be closing. I think now's the time if, if they're ever going to do something and, and, and grab that brass ring and get that ring, it, it's getting close. And this is a big season for Dan Quinn and the Atlanta Falcons.
0: Well, the defense was a real key a year ago, not very good. And in order for that to be better, the secondary's got to get better. You know, when you get off to a 1-7 and start, you're halfway through the season, and your season is for all intents and purposes over. Strong finish aside, this unit ranked 31st in the league in points allowed through the first eight games. You can't do that and have a realistic expectation of being a postseason team.
1: And for two seasons, their defense was just decimated by injuries. And a big factor he's coming back this year is Keanu Neal. He had the Achilles. He had the ACL. Yeah, We get him back this year. He's a hard hitter, young guy still. But I wonder, the question mark for me is, how are those injuries going to affect him? Is it mental? I know health and science and everything these days, those <laughs> injuries aren't quite as major as they were You know, maybe 10 years, even 10 years ago. So it'll be exciting to see what he can bring to the table this year.
0: Well, and an Achilles, of course, can sometimes take you know as much as not just the next year, but possibly the year after before you see the full effectiveness of a guy. Although, as you pointed out, medical technology has come a long way. Well, after starting the season one and seven, as we talked about, they did finish the season the last eight, six and two, some of that traceable, perhaps better play on the defensive side of the ball. And that took place when Raheem Morris was moved to the DC role and the head coach, Dan Quinn had to step aside and
1: relinquish that role. Yeah. I think sometimes these, you know, Dan Quinn guys and coaches in the past in the NFL, they just get a little too much on their plate. And and they. You're an administrator as much as you are a coach. And I imagine after Dan Quinn being the architect out there in Seattle for a while, wanted to get his hands around it. But maybe now that he's let go some, and and people seem to like Raheem Morris and. It's worth noting, too, that just before camp, they added Darquez Denard on that defense, and and they got some young guys coming in, some draft picks, and I think that's going to set the stage. I think if the defense shows up and they're able to perform and everybody's healthy and and they're on the same page, it's a game changer, I think, for the Falcons.
0: Well, the other big off-season news before all the craziness hit the world, the acquisition of Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley, of course, was a superstar with the L.A. Rams, and he's been dinged up. He hasn't been as effective the last couple of years. Going to be interesting to see how much workload
1: they expect out of him and how he responds to it. That's another thing, too. They're talking about the knee. There's a little arthritis there. The guy's 25 years old. Yeah. 25. By no means do I think is he finished The O-line is going to be a big question. They've struggled in the last couple of seasons, so if they can protect Matt Ryan and allow him to open some things up and do some other things and get that running game going, I think the sky's the limit this year for the Falcons. High expectations.
0: One of the old adages in the NFL particularly, and you can make the same case in college football, Two things win championships, defense and run in the football, and this team wasn't very good at either one of them the last couple of seasons. Well, let's go to our sound files. Dan Quinn, the head coach, and of course, nowadays, everything in the times we're in available via Zoom, and head coach Dan Quinn talks about the rookies not having preseason games to show any value to the coaching staff.
2: As far as the expectations go, I've been pleased so far with the rookies. I really wanted to test them to see where they're at. It's like, They've been working hard virtually for a while, and uh, they passed their first few days here mentally, and now the reaction times are the things that you haven't had a chance to see how quickly a player can break on a ball, how quickly you know they can transition and diagnose plays. It's one thing to understand the concepts, and it's a whole other thing to go into you know the format. So there's another ramp up period coming of strength and conditioning, walkthroughs. We'll begin another phase of, let's call them OTAs, and then into some padded practices. The way I'm going to explain it to the team is think of the whole offseason training camp and just do this.
0: Quinton talked about no preseason games to evaluate players you might claim from other teams.
2: There's going to be some ball players that aren't going to play in an NFL game until 2021 that are on someone's practice squad this year. Maybe they get up, but I would imagine with a with a roster of a practice squad that deep, they didn't get the, you know, the preseason games to go. So when a player does get released you know, from another club, you're going off his college evaluation or his pro evaluation from the, you know, from the season prior. So I still think there'll be players that get claimed you had a higher grade on them, something different, but not in the sense of sharing current film for that player to do
1: that.
0: Robert, as we both know, Major League Baseball's return to the field has been nothing short of a crap show to this point, and I'm being kind (laughs) using that terminology.
1: Well, we could talk about the Florida Marlins, which we will later. (laughs) A question I have concerning the NFL season, and you said this opening up, that it's a very scrimmage-heavy approach to the season. How do you think this might affect preseason games moving forward once we get past the COVID thing? Could that be a thing where maybe they scale it back or they go away altogether?
0: Well, they had already cut them back to what was supposed to be only two or three games, and then, of course, they canceled all the preseason games. Now, I think I may be mistaken here, but I think this is moving forward. I'm not certain that this year that was going to apply, but now, of course, they've all been scrubbed, so it's immaterial. But Quinn offered some thoughts on the way Major League Baseball has had problems with this too.
2: You know, I don't know all the protocols on baseball, but I think one thing that's, you know, there's the daily testing, I think that's a big piece of it for us. And so right now we're doing that every day. And so that definitely is a factor. As far as the guidelines, you know, like you just described, the high contact, I'm not even sure where all the guys are on shields and not. But at least when we know coming into the building, everybody in here has been tested negatively. And so that's a good thing. But as far as away from here, it's almost like their time here is their safest time in the day in some regards because they know the population here. And there's lots of guidelines here. And I'm not saying it's, it's perfect by any means. I don't want to mis- understand that, but it's the time away from it. And so in training camp this year will be the first time where Claire player can or may or may not you know, stay here. But uh, having you know, the opportunities in the building, they've been helpful to know that there's lots of space, lots of testing, lots of protocols, meals separated it's almost like coming in, you just have to follow the rules, you know, like you put your mask on and follow the rules and everything kind of takes care of itself. Away is where I think it'll feel different and making the decisions, you know, the best ones we can that are basically living the same life that you guys are right now, you know, from home, you're not in here. So it's like, Same guidelines you're following, you know, we're all following when we leave the office.
0: Compounding matters for Quinn. This is, of course, a big year for him in terms of his job status here, because after the great Super Bowl season, they made the playoffs the next year, but then two straight losing seasons and significantly bad football in large portions of each of those seasons. So he goes into this on the hot seat, Robert. And in addition to that, you've got all these other challenges and distractions and everything to deal with. He's not really in an enviable position here.
1: No, not at all. And I'm kind of at a loss for words when it comes to that. I I wonder why You know, he's just talking about how life here in camp is contained. I wonder why they're not taking the approach maybe like the NBA and creating this bubble and and keeping guys there and say, hey, we're in camp now. You don't leave the facilities. Here we are. We're focused on this. Because these guys, I guess it sounds like Dan Quinn was saying they have the freedom to kind of go and come as they please. And where are you going to go when you leave – The facility, and and that's the big thing you got to worry about, is what are these guys up to away from camp and and what are they going to do to contain this?
0: Well, they do test. When they come in and out of the facility, they do test. So there are tests daily there, and they're taking as many precautions as necessary. And here are Quinn's thoughts on his own status going into this year.
2: Having two difficult years, it just crushes you emotionally because you want to do it so well and do it right and do it as best you can. And so I just kind of make sure, like, man, I'm going to throw the best week here. And I try to really make the big thing small. I would say I'm definitely optimistic, but it's not rose-colored glasses, I would say, either. Like, I know where we're at, what we're doing. I know the difficult challenge ahead of us. But it also, I guess my optimism fires me up to say this is something we can do after being here a while. I have recognized these guidelines are possible to do. And so that's a good feeling. As far as the team goes, I'm excited for our team because you want to prove it. And I think you can probably appreciate that from covering as long as you want. You want that chance to prove it. And that's certainly the way I feel with this team. I, I've got a great feeling about what this team could be, but we need to go prove it. So excited for it. I'm just trying to not think about February. I'm just trying to throw this week and then get going again with the next guys. And I'm going to really try to do that in training camp. And for me, it helps to do it in segments. The, Strength and conditioning phase, in my mind, is just like a a mini little off season, And then the couple weeks of training camp is normal training camp, evaluations, tough practices, situation work to get us ready for the season. There'll be a lot of new processes in place, and I'll be really honest with the players and want that back from them because some of the new ways that we're going to do things, not football-wise, how we get to football will be different. So I'm going to be in constant communication with them, and then – once we get on the field, man, just make it just about football. I think everybody's looking forward to doing that. There's some times you like, know, man, I just want to talk football and beyond football. And that's that's kind of what being out at the field is for us.
0: Well, there's no question that Dan Quinn has a great relationship with his players. And that helped, I think, last year. They rallied around him, you know, there was it was obvious no quit. If you start one and seven and then you finish six and
1: two, that would tell you they kept playing for him every week. So that helps a little bit. I definitely don't think Quinn has lost the locker room like some people may have hinted at, and of course everybody's going to ask that question. But in Dan Quinn's defense, I will say this. those The past two seasons, he has not fielded his ideal team. I mean, tons of injuries, and, just, and, and guys not in the right places. So I think if everybody's healthy and well, and by the way, there is a guy taking the snaps for the Falcons. His name is Matt Ryan, yep. and, and he has been good despite... These things. And we're going to, I hope we get to get into this a little later because for the, about the past month, you Falcons fans know if you're on social media at all, they have been on Matt Ryan. And really questioning him as a player and his status as a quarterback in the NFL. And and I've got some stuff here that is just gonna put that all to rest.
0: Oh, well, we'll look into that here in a little bit. Speaking of Matt Ryan, let's hear from him now. And first he talks about some of the obvious changes at the Falcons Flowery Branch facility.
3: It's definitely different. There's no question about that. But you know, our organization has done a great job and we're lucky to have a facility that we have the space to be able to do it. We have townhomes behind our facility that are built for us to use during training camp that have now become basically our locker room. We each have our own room. We have our own bathroom. Great setup. We're able to kind of virtually connect in there with screens and different kinds of things. So we're fortunate to have a really good setup. Our organization has done a great job, and you know I certainly feel really safe on the day-to-day here.
0: And Matt Ryan, of course, uses preseason games the way most of the veteran guys do, and that is to Get yourself ready for the season. Here are Matt's thoughts on not having preseason games to do that.
3: I think the ramp-up period is good. I think it's good for guys to get back acclimated to what we're doing. It's going to be different without preseason games, for sure. I tend to like them because, you know, you knock off a little bit of rust. But, you know, we've all gone through this. We went through this in college when we were younger. There weren't many scrimmages and stuff like that before you play. So, you know, I'm sure Dan will have a really good setup for us in terms of, of getting us ready to go. And we just gotta take advantage of that time on the practice field and make sure that we're putting in the work the right way.
0: Ryan continued on talking about the loss of really any off season work, which is very atypical. Of course, football's really a year round thing these days. Here are Ryan's thoughts on that.
3: There's no making up for what we've lost up until this point. I think it's about how productive we can be moving forward under the circumstances that we have. I mean, everybody's circumstances have been the same. And so the teams that handle it the best and adjust and are flexible, and are willing to work within the parameters that are set out for us are the ones that are going to be successful. And so, you know, that's a mindset we all have to have. We've got to be as productive as we can be with the time that we have together, and then we've got to do a really good job connecting virtually like this and making sure that we're getting production out of that time spent together in a Zoom-type environment.
0: Yeah, Matt Ryan offering his thoughts on what's been a Zoom off-season and a strange off It's been a strange year for... The entire world, shall we just say, and I don't want to beat that in the ground, but let's talk some more about Matt Ryan. You made the point that he's drawn a lot of criticism on social media. Offer some more thoughts on where you were going
1: with that. It goes with the territory, after all. I am going to steal a line from Matt knocking off the rust. I think that's what we're going to call this first podcast because (laughs) we've been out of the game for a while. Like you said, coming in, we had our own thing going there for a while with our own podcast, but getting this initial show off the ground, we had some obstacles, and we're knocking off the rust. And Boy, Falcons fans, you got nothing but great things ahead as far as this show is concerned. But, yeah, I do want to talk about that because I've always said that Matt Ryan is a premier quarterback. I've always said he's an elite quarterback. And he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. And if we can get into that now, maybe we can touch on this and come back to it. But I'll say this. In the last five seasons, Matt Ryan is number one in passing yards, 27,714. Phillip Rivers is next. Drew Brees is third. Total QBR, Matt Ryan has finished in the top 10 10 times in 12 seasons. Now, in 12 seasons... And I think I'm going to get the touchdowns wrong. And I, I, I'm kicking myself for not writing this down. But there's only been two quarterbacks in 12 seasons to reach 50,000 yards and I think two or 300 touchdowns in the entire history of the NFL. It's Matt Ryan and Peyton Manning. That's it. That's the list. That, wow. That, that's pretty impressive. Road passer rating, minimum 750 attempts. Matt Ryan is number one with 103.4. Since 2012, Ryan's number one in the NFL in TD passes on the road with 122. Since 2008, he leads comeback wins. Also, in the entire history of the NFL, he achieved the highest passer rating of all time in a single season, 2016, which I think was his MVP year, if I'm not mistaken, 119.9. I got a little more stuff, but this is the meat of it right here. This is what I want to get into. Matt Ryan has more career yards than 25 of 28 quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame. He's got more TDs than 25 of 28 in the Hall of Fame. This is the kicker. Better passing yards per game average than every Hall of Fame quarterback ever. Hmm. And the numbers don't lie. It's it's facts. They're there. And for anybody out there hating on Matt Ryan or anybody that thinks he's not, I just shut you up right there. You can't argue with that.
0: The two examples I'd give you that I think he'd compare to were he not to get a ring, and obviously the hope is that he will, Dan Marino for one, Dan Fouts for two. Those two players had something in common with Matt, and that is the team around them. The Chargers with Dan Fouts didn't always play the best defense. The Dolphins with Dan Marino didn't always play the best defense. And neither one of those guys had particularly good running games during you know the the real strong parts of their careers those two things go back to what we said in the opening monologue about defense and running the football winning championships and those guys are great examples they're both hall of famers and they're both among the best to ever play the game but No ring on either one of their fingers. And I don't think it marginalizes whether or not they're Hall of Famers. They are. And I certainly think Matt Ryan's going to be, too.
1: I don't like the whole ring thing. Like, you got to get a ring. I don't think it's necessary. But one thing, Brian, since I've met you and with your extensive sports background and and all your stories, the one thing that you've driven home to me, and, and you've said it a thousand times, winning is tough. Yeah. It's not easy. A lot of things have to happen and fall in place and and be, you know, this this guy's got to be there at this time and you know the ball's got to bounce your way. And some seasons the ball just doesn't bounce your way. You know, you be at baseball, hockey, whatever. Sometimes, you know, it's not in the stars and it's really hard. It's really hard. And as much as I don't want to admit it, the New England Patriots Wow. Probably the greatest dynasty in all of football, as much as it pains me to say that, and we won't talk about that Super Bowl just yet, but you know, but it's tough. I think the Falcons are there. I think they can do it. I mean, we've been to two Super Bowls. We've got Arthur Blank in our corner. He's not afraid to spend money. He'll do anything he can for that team. He's a true fan of the team, and so that's what it is. You got to have talent, but a little bit of luck. This is Falcon's Flight. I'm Brian Giffen with Robert Taylor, first edition of Falcon's Flight,
0: and we thank Again, the Believe Entertainment folks for bringing us on board to bring you wall-to-wall coverage of Falcons football here in 2020. What that'll look like, we're not real sure. We're going to get into it some more, though. Coming up, we're going to visit with a member of the Falcons training staff. That is Scott Johns. Scott's an insider who knows the team very well, and Scott will fill us in and give us some of his thoughts on what's happening with the Dirty Birds with 2020 hopefully approaching. And, of course, there is still some question as to what will happen between now and once we get into September, when the season would at least on schedule try and start. Scott Johns comes your way next, Brian Giffen, Robert Taylor. We're thrilled to have you with us on Falcons Flight, and we'll be back with a whole bunch more right after this timeout. This is Falcons Flight from Believe Entertainment. Mr. Hardwood is Atlanta's premier flooring expert, but Hardwood is just the beginning. Mr. Hardwood also installs laminate, tile, vinyl, carpet, and more. Your home is likely your biggest investment. Not only can you enhance its value with beautiful new floors, but our lifetime transferable warranty will enhance the value even more. If you stand on it, Mr. Hardwood stands behind it. Mr. Hardwood is committed to setting the industry standard for all your uniquely designed and professionally installed flooring solutions. Our number one goal is to exceed our customers' needs by providing value, quality, and exceptional service even after the sale. We take great pride in high-quality craftsmanship and integrity and are not satisfied until we have exceeded your expectations. Mr. Hardwood, Atlanta's flooring experts. To set up your free consultation, call Mr. Hardwood today at 770-318-8880 or go to (laughs) MrHardwoodInc.com. It is Falcon's Flight, Brian Giffen with Robert Taylor, and we come your way from the Plush Studios here in the Atlanta suburbs with the first ever edition of Falcons Flight. Joining us now from the Falcons training staff is our good friend Scott Johns. And what are your thoughts on the eve of the 2020 season with what's been such a crazy year?
4: Well, I think it's going to change the game. Certainly, if not just this year, certainly more in the future as as we, you know, as the years come. And I think. I think it's going to give us a better gauge of where we're at in terms of player safety and the risk that they're assuming. But I think this is going to be a test for the entire NFL to see, you know, where we're at and the way we react to, you know, not just the pandemic, but anything that may come at us. It's going to be very interesting to see, you know, how each team and in the, in the league as a whole reacts to, to this whole situation.
1: Now, Scott, one question I'd like to ask you, and Falcons fans meet Scott Johns, Scott Johns meet Falcons fans, if you could, tell us a little bit about your role with the Falcons and what you do as far as a game day is concerned and getting prepared and, and, and your role with them.
4: So we go to the stadium the day before when a team lands in Atlanta. They let us know their team officials will head from the airport to the stadium. We help them get set up. And it takes about three hours to get them unloaded and get them ready to go. So when we come in the next morning, they're completely ready to go. Their training staff, their equipment guys, all they have to do is come in and just kind of make last-minute changes to certain things. And, uh, you know, we make their job a lot easier. And on game day, we are there to assist the training staff and some of the guys that are down there getting the players ready and all that. We go out and uh, help the special teams units, the kick returners, the punt returners, uh, the kickers, the punters. And uh, and guys like that, so it's it's a, it's a lot of fun to be exposed to that side of it. I really enjoy what I do now. I started out in 2010 raising the field goal net, and it's this is a far cry from from what I've done, but uh, it's it's a blast and I love it. I'm a I'm a longtime fan. You know, I used to have season tickets, so so being down there is certainly a, a blessing.
0: Rob and I both gave kind of our expectations in the opening monologue of this show, and. Obviously, all this is speculative at this point, you base a lot off of what happened last year, the acquisitions made, what areas were weak, what areas were strong. What are your thoughts? What are your expectations for this team this year? You were a part of all this ride where they started 1-7 and seven and things were just in turmoil and it was awful. And then you were also there when they finished 6-2 and two and you saw optimism and you saw bonding together and you saw guys fighting hard. And I would sense you probably also saw guys not wanting the season to end because they were playing so much better.
4: Well, yeah, it was certainly a tale of two seasons. You know, the first half, like you said, the 1-7 and seven start, that was where a lot of teams would generally lay down and post to a high draft pick and, and just kind of pack it in for the season. But there's such an element of resolve and, and resiliency with this team. They wanted to win for their coach. They love Coach Quinn and the energy he brings and the, the leadership that he brings. And I think it's a testament to how much they love their coaches, you know, in that locker room to finish 6-2 and two when there's really nothing to gain by winning games. And, in fact, they had an adverse effect by dropping your draft pick. So, you know, the good teams that, that start out with a poor record now, one and seven is, is about as poor as it gets. But when you go on a, a backstretch run like they did at six and two, I think what happens is you carry that momentum into the next season. And I think there's something to be said about guys that can put away the noise and the chatter, especially in the society we, we live in with social media and all the voices that are, you know, heard at every turn. I think it's great when players and coaches can do that and just go out and win for the city, win for themselves, win for the fans. I mean, it was a great ride, even though there was nothing to be gained in the last half or the back half of the last season.
1: Scott, now one thing that I'm curious about is you've heard players gripe about preseason games over the years and how they didn't want to play them or they wanted fewer games. Now, there's no preseason. Now, I'm wondering, are a lot of teams, just the NFL as a whole, going to stumble out of the gate and get off to slow starts? And are we going to see these teams that do make the playoffs have a few more losses than they normally would because they don't have that time to kind of iron out the kinks? And like Brian said coming in, the Falcons are doing a scrimmage-heavy approach. How do you think that's going to affect not only the Falcons but just the league in general? Is this going to kind of open players' eyes to how important maybe preseason games are? And maybe change their attitude a little bit, and they're going to go, "Hey, you know what? We, these things are important. We really do need them moving forward."
4: Well, yeah, I think I think the perception going in, you know, up until the season, was preseason was a little too long. I don't think anyone really wanted to scrap the preseason as a whole, but I think what I think there were some revisions that wanted to be made, and, and I believe we would have seen that the NFL Players Association when they you know when they were managing the the new the terms because this season it was up and I believe they agreed on it last night. I think you would have seen a shortened preseason moving forward to two games from four. Four, they feel like it's just too many. They feel like they're getting ready during the preseason in training camp, not necessarily these games. But you also have to understand that the league is comprised of a lot of, a lot of guys that went undrafted. There's a very high percentage of starters on Sunday that were undrafted free agent rookies. And, they make their mark and they get their start in training camp and in preseason games and, and start their ascension from there. So I think there's there's an importance to the preseason. A consolidated preseason may not be the best approach for younger guys, but for the veterans, it's what they prefer. And, and the veterans' voices, unfortunately, are always going to loom larger than some of the younger guys, unfortunately.
0: Do you have expectations specific to how you think the team's going to do this year? I mean, You're replacing a Vic Beasley, who turns out to be kind of a bust, with the duo of Dante Fowler and Tack McKinley. Pass rush wasn't a particular strength last year, particularly early in the year. The secondary wasn't either. On the offensive side of the ball, they didn't run especially well. Everybody knows about Todd Gurley. What are your expectations on the whole as you look at this club, being somebody who's a little bit more on the inside than most?
4: Well, I would say there's there's certainly optimism around the revamp pass rush, at least on paper. You know, Dante Fowler is a guy that comes from the Rams with double-digit sacks. He's certainly got that pedigree. He's a really talented guy, high-motor guy, can, can beat most tackles with, with speed or power. People don't realize how strong Dante Fowler is, and but he is a speed rusher, and that's the strength of his game. I think you're going to, that's an automatic upgrade as long as he as long as he stays healthy. Vic Beasley was just incredibly inconsistent. You know, he had some good moments here in Atlanta. There's no doubt about it. But overall, you know, your consistency is key in this league and being a flash in the pan will only get you so far in the NFL. And for the defense to play better as a whole, it starts with the pass rush, you know, and, and Tech McKinley, I think, you know, you keep seeing social media clips of him just putting in a lot of work. He's working as hard as he ever has in an offseason to prepare. And I think part of that is he's headed into a contract year. If he plays well this year, he's going to get a heavy contract, whether it be the Falcons or another team. But he understands what's at stake in terms of his future. So I think if you're Tech McKinley, you're playing for a lot of future security. And if you're, you know, Dante Fowler, I think you're just trying to live up to expectations as being the guy here on that defensive line. Then you kind of have to cover up for a younger secondary. And there's no better way to protect your corners and safeties by having a pass rush that can take a quarterback off his mark, especially when you play guys like Tom Brady and Drew Brees twice a year, guys that are used to that. So to answer your question defensively, I expect certainly a a jump in the pass rush. You know, Marlon Davidson, the rookie out of Auburn, I think he's going to contribute a lot to that. Grady Jarrett, you know what you got, you know, with him. But for the guys that are true impact guys, I think they're going to come in and, and have something to prove early on, and, and help protect the back end of that defense. Offensively, I mean, you said it. Todd Gurley is as talented as they come. You know, when he's available, and of course, in this league, in any league, the best ability is availability. So, you know, they're going to focus on keeping him healthy and, and strong, and, and I think that's going to be the key to his to his success here. And, and and of course, the other side of that is the offensive line, who, which I really think that'll be the biggest jump for the Falcons. I think coming into 2020. I think the offensive line is revamped just by virtue of two young guys having another year under their belt. I think you've done enough in free agency to bolster it, and now I think that they're going to be – I don't want to say strength strengthen that offense because I think that still – that designation still belongs to the skill position players, but I think you'll see enough of an improvement to where Todd Gurley is certainly a factor. And Todd Gurley is not just a factor in the running game. He's very, very good at catching the ball out of the backfield and creating matchup nightmares for a lot of linebackers in the NFL. And the dirt Cutter can exploit that, it's going to be a really good season for Matt and those guys.
1: One question I want from you, or that I'm going to ask of you, is, you know, of course everybody's talking about Todd Gurley. Everybody's talking about Matt Ryan and, and everything. But on both sides of the ball, offense and defense, as somebody that's kind of closely related to the team – Give me a name on each side of the ball that maybe people aren't talking about. A dark horse, if you will, of two guys that that are kind of flying under the radar that could make big contributions to this team this season.
4: Well, offensively, I would say Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst comes to us from Baltimore. We traded a second-round pick away to get him. And he is as talented as they come in terms of tight ends. He's got the size. He's got the speed. His ability to run routes is is very good. I would venture to say, look, Austin Hooper was a pro bowler. We're losing a pro bowl time in, and generally when you lose a pro bowl at any skill position, it hurts. But I think Hayden is going to come in and make fans kind of forget about Hooper, and not because Hooper wasn't a guy that produced. I think Hayden's upside is is better. He's faster. He runs great routes. His size is is exactly what we need in the red zone. And I'm not comparing the guy to Tony Gonzalez but I would venture to say it's an area that we haven't had, meaning his size, since Tony Gonzalez down in the red zone. I'm not expecting him to have the impact that Tony had, but Matt is certainly going to lean on his size down there in in scoring opportunities. Defensively, look out for Kendall Sheffield. I think he's going to be a really big surprise. His quickness, his instincts, his ability to play inside or outside is going to be key. I think he's going to take a huge step. And and you kind of saw flashes of that last year. And I'll leave you with this thought. I think some of the young guys, including especially the rookies, you're not going to get as much exposure to some of these young guys as you would, obviously, in years past. And and the pandemic is to blame for that, obviously. You're not going to have a preseason. You're going to lean more on training camp. So I think what's going to happen, and this isn't just a a Falcons thing. I think this is a a league-wide kind of initiative. And what I think is going to happen is, you're going to have a lot of veterans that were brought in you know, via free agency and things like that. I think they're going to be heavily leaned on to be impact guys normally where you'd see rookies step up. I don't think you'll see a lot of rookies, A, start this year in week one, and B, make the impact that you've seen in years past. I think they're just a little more behind the curve than most years. So be on the lookout for guys. Like West Denard, the corner that we just signed and played with Cincinnati last year, I expect him to be a week one starter because he's a veteran in this league and he understands the game better than most rookies. And, and if you want to succeed, you've got to start the guys that have experience on that level.
0: And one of the things you're going to have this year that you haven't had in years past is a larger practice squad, which I would guess, following the notion you were just talking about, probably would lead to more experienced veteran journeyman-type guys landing roles at minimum on practice squads and being available to be utilized at any point based on need.
4: Well, yeah, certainly. I mean, what you're doing there is, and I think the league understands this, and that's why it was put into place, by having the larger practice squad, you do open it up to some of the veteran guys, some of the developmental guys that you see a lot of promise in but aren't quite there yet You know, to make an impact on Sundays. But you're really protecting yourself against attrition. Because you probably will see a lot of that this year, and, and it will, it's a much easier transition to pull guys you know, from the practice squad that know the, the X's and O's on Sundays. It's gonna, you, know, you don't have to go out and reach quite as much for guys on the street right now. I think it's a good idea. I, I like that concept that the NFL implemented.
0: Scott, we really appreciate you spending some time with us. Obviously, we'll look to tap into your knowledge base and your access a little bit more as we move forward with this show. It's a pleasure to have you with us, and we thank you very much for taking the time today.
4: Hey, guys, thanks for having me. I look forward
0: to doing it more. All right, Scott Johns of the Atlanta Falcons training staff joining us here on Falcon's Flight. This is edition number one of Falcon's Flight, and coming up, we've got a bunch of fun stuff for you. First, we're going to offer some final thoughts in this show, and then following that, we've got something we promise you ain't going to hear anywhere else. This is Falcon's Flight from Believe Entertainment, and we're back with more right after this. Mr. Hardwood is Atlanta's premier flooring expert, but Hardwood is just the beginning. Mr. Hardwood also installs laminate, tile, vinyl, carpet, and more. Your home is likely your biggest investment. Not only can you enhance its value with beautiful new floors, but our lifetime transferable warranty will enhance the value even more. If you stand on it, Mr. Hardwood stands behind it. Mr. Hardwood is committed to setting the industry standard for all your uniquely designed and professionally installed flooring solutions. Our number one goal is to exceed our customers needs by providing value, quality and exceptional service even after the sale. We take great pride in high quality craftsmanship and integrity and are not satisfied until we have exceeded your expectations. Mr. Hardwood, Atlanta's flooring experts. To set up your free consultation, call Mr. Hardwood today at 770-318-8880 or go to MrHardwoodInc.com. It is Falcon's Flight Edition number one here from Bleeve Entertainment. Brian Giffen with Robert Taylor. We're looking forward to doing this the entire season. We'll have a whole bunch for you on a weekly basis. And, of course, you know, as access becomes more and more available, we will bring you as much more as we can get. But insiders like Scott Johns will be regular fixtures on this program. You'll also hear from coaches, players, etc., etc. et cetera. Might even bother a couple of other media types, the ones that we might like anyway. No, I'm kidding. Might bother a couple other media types to get some input from a couple of them as well. But before we get into something a little bit silly, irreverent, boy, easy for me to talk, lips and tongue, together they form words. You were talking about Matt Ryan a little bit earlier. You had some other thoughts you wanted to offer on that. I want to give you the opportunity and the
1: format to do that here. Well, I guess at the end of the day, there are Falcons fans who are for Matt Ryan. There are Falcons fans who are against Matt Ryan. And for you Falcons fans that are against Matt, I'm going to try to bring you over to our side. I want to stick up for Matt. He has, and this is common knowledge if you're a true fan and you follow the team, a lot of offensive coordinators come in and out in his time in Atlanta, and he hasn't had a great offensive line. And I will say, please do your homework on your own. Look up his stats. Look up his numbers. Watch old games. Matt Ryan has been good in spite of the Falcons' woes, and he's a fantastic player. Not only a fantastic player, just a fantastic human being as well. And that's my goal here on this show as we move forward is, is I'm challenging you Falcons fans to be better, be more supportive. Atlanta is notorious for being labeled as fair weather fans. And when the teams are flying high, everybody's there, everybody's in love, and it's a big party. But when when things kind of swing down, everybody kind of turns them off and, and goes away, and and we've got to stop that here in Atlanta. And I think that's probably my end-all, be-all on Matt Ryan. You know, I gave you some facts and, and some quick notes. Do the work yourself, and you'll see. He really is a premier elite quarterback, and he is going to go down in history as probably one of the best ones to ever play the game. And I'm telling you right now, first ballot Hall of Famer, end of story. If he stops today, he's in. But guess what? Matt Ryan's, what, 36 years old? Yep. Brady's 42-43. Matt Ryan takes very good care of himself, and I think he's got four or five more great seasons to to get those stats and numbers up and that opportunity to get that ring. And for a lot of people, the ring seals the deal, I guess. But I, I don't think he needs one to seal the deal. But I would love to see one just because of who he is as a guy, and, and I'm an Atlanta fan. I'd love to see that, and only time will tell.
0: Well, and we'll certainly hear a lot about and from Matt Ryan on Falcon's flight as this 2020 season progresses. Well, we promised you something ridiculous And we've got it for you now. So let me just frame this a little bit, if I may. You know, in a time where you have more resources at your fingertips than we've ever had, we still somehow manage to have a higher percentage of idiots in the world than we've also ever had. It's got to be plain old laziness. It's got to be Darwinism, whatever you want to call it. But we have a special segment we'll bring you every week that essentially picks out a couple of those idiots that have done not-so-smart things out there in the world, and we capsulize those, and we have a way of, well, let's say, punishing
1: those people for being stupid. <laughs> Rob, what time is it? Oh, Brian, I think, if I'm not wrong, it is swirly time! It's swirly time!
0: The Falcon's flight crew is intolerant of Jack jackassery. There is a special place where morons are plunged headlong into a blue vortex of irony. Where imbeciles <laughs> are irrigated, dumbasses so are drenched, yeah. and abject idiocy rinsed away. Where My best John Comes face to face with porcelain. Where chlorine, tidy bowl, and bleach administer swift, swirling justice. This is our Game of Thrones, where (laughs) mindsets and hairstyles are forever altered. It is the Falcon's Flight Swirly segment. Now let's get this potty started. That's not party, that's potty. (laughs) (laughs) Porcelain throne, you know, whatever you want to call it. We will bring you one of these every week, and yes, we do get to have the fun of researching and finding the ridiculous and beyond ridiculous things that happen. So I'm going to lead this off, Rob, and let me just get right to the chase. I'm going to read the headline, and we're going to go from there. Florida man hospitalized after sticking penis in beehive. (laughs) 23-year-old Jim Bale was caught sneaking into a bee farm in the middle of the night Jim claims that he's had sexual feelings for
1: bees ever since his first
0: viewing of the bee movie.
1: Wow. (laughs) I I got nothing. (laughs) Normally I have some quick wit, but I I got nothing for that.
0: To show you, you know, just how connected we are on this show. We had a microphone in the area when this happened, and here's what it sounded like. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Jim, don't do that. Dumbass. (laughs) I think Jim's having some second thoughts. Hey, Jim. We know a smart person when we see one, and you're not him. Get over here. Uh. That's it, boys. Get in and
3: ask. reason that bad things happen to you is because you're a dumbass
0: <laughs> and what's better than a little red foreman you know yeah. at, at the end of this thing but yeah so th- that's what happens to you when you do foolish things like that all right robert what do you got
1: Well, I got one, but I also want to give you listeners out there, and and at some point, we are going to have some social media, and we're going to tell you where we're available. First off, it's going to be on the website, Believe.com. You can find us there, but there's several other platforms, but one thing I want to tell you is not only this segment, but we're going to throw some other fun things in here, because that's what sports are about. Sports are about fun, relaxing, having a good time. We're probably, in future episodes, we're going to have something that you, the fans, can email us and, and contact us, and it's going to be called Don't Be That Fan. It's an idea we kicked around and maybe a couple of little fun things so we can have a laugh and get a break from the insanity. But my nomination for today, and it's not football-related, but I think they're worthy, is the Florida Marlins. Wow. Because the Florida Marlins, I think, the last time I saw it, 19 players, coaching staff, personnel tested positive for COVID. Yeah. And they, they bunch they, of Cardinals, too. Yeah, and they could almost single-handedly end the MLB season. So I don't know what they're doing down there in Florida, and I know it's a hot spot, but seemingly they have taken no precautions whatsoever and, and have no protocol in place, and it's a dumpster fire down there, and, and those guys aren't even playing baseball at all for a couple of weeks. So Derek Jeter, you're the head of the Marlins. This falls on you to some degree. So we got to take the Marlins for a swim. Yeah, you know, the other thing is that
0: I think it all goes back to the commissioner as well. This plan doesn't appear to be well executed. It turns out the Marlins, when they were here in the Atlanta area, all went to a nightclub of some kind or a bunch of them did. And that's where this all came from. And then on top of that, I mentioned briefly the Cardinals. You know, they're another one that they went to a casino when they played in Milwaukee. Guys, you're making huge dollars, even though it's only a fraction of the huge dollars you were supposed to make. Maybe you just follow the damn guidelines. To me, it falls back on Rob Manfred. Why don't we just put the Cardinals, the Marlins, and Manfred all in there? Hey, all of you, led by Manfred, you're in the can of dread. Get over here. Ow! Ow! That's Manfred with the bubbling.
1: <laughs>
0: Get in there, nice deep Stay in there. Major League Baseball has become a joke. The
3: reason that bad things happen
0: to you is because you're a dumbass. You're all dumbasses. you got to make that plural. Well, that'll about wrap up. This first episode, this first edition of Falcon's Flight. I'm Brian Giffen. Robert Taylor is my sidekick. We'll bring you these all season long, and we'll talk about all things Falcons on the field, between the lines, the football part. That's what we're here to talk about, and we know that's the thing that makes you interested in the sport, the sport itself. Glad to have you with us. Once again, thanks to Scott Johns, and a huge shout-out again for the opportunity that we've gotten from Believe Entertainment to do this show. But we will be back with another one next week. We'll have more news from Falcons camp, and we'll have more insights and analysis as we approach the 2020 season. This is Falcon's Flight. Brian Giffen, Robert Taylor, and for Bleeb Entertainment, we say thanks for joining us so long. Thank you for listening to Falcon's Flight. Tune in throughout the season for updates, insights, and analysis on the Dirty Birds. Falcon's Flight is a production of Believe Entertainment.